Independence Day is far more realistic than Arrival. I just want to point that out. Like, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on. One of you nuts has got any guts. What's but a smile on that face? You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me! Listen to you by what right? Because I have a right to be, and I have a voice! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let's let the healing begin. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle. And we have our new release review today. Today, we are talking about Denis Villeneuve's latest arrival. And to do that, I have my co-host, Mike. Thanks for joining me from somewhere on the side of a road, Mike. I appreciate it. I am so excited. (laughs) As you always are for these. Oh God! Uh, yeah, let's let's talk Arrival. Okay, so what did you think of Arrival, Mike? I didn't care for it. Really? Like at all? Yeah. Wow. Um, explain yourself, sir. <laughs> Why do I have to explain myself? Because you are. <laughs> I think, de- I think you're you definitely... should have to explain no, yourself. You're definitely going against the grain here. So, what well, was it? That good. Didn't... <laughs> we just elected Trump as president, so I'd say it's a fucking good thing. <laughs> We need more of it. Look, stop, 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 stop <laughs> avoiding this. So what didn't you like about Arrival? I, I don't know, were you a huge fan of uh, Interstellar, Dave? I, I was, so maybe that's the... <laughs> well, all right, you're just a terrible, tasteless human being then. No, I liked parts of Interstellar, right? So uh, I just didn't realize that this like sort of fall, I guess October, November uh, sci-fi release is going to be about uh, parents separated from their fucking kids like every fucking year this uh, gravity interstellar this and i mean i i liked uh gravity okay um i mean it went on to get like a best picture nomination and i liked interstellar okay i certainly was uh i was probably you know kind of a freak on that one too because that was a like love or hate type yeah. film for some reason um and that film has issues but i think the like the emotional core of it is probably what works the best between connie and his daughter uh, this, I mean, this is dead kid space saga all over it. Like we 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 open with uh, Amy Adams and sort of I guess you know movie death child um, in these like sort of little narrative flashes. And so it's I don't know when did sci-fi get so fucking maudlin? When did it? What 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 is with this 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 uh, coping mechanism with uh, with aliens? I, I don't know. I guess well, I uh, I mean I, I, get, I, I get what more you're saying. Independence Day. I get what you're saying a little bit is that but I think what they're doing here is they're trying to connect giant themes with with smaller moments too like if you just if you Those just talk small about moments though no but if you talk about moments between a parent and a child that is a that is a focused moment as opposed to like all of humanity and I think they're trying to tie these things together and for you it obviously didn't work it worked for me like kind of on every level I, I loved this movie I loved Amy Adams I loved Jeremy Renner I loved the direction I loved the look of the film I loved the, the message of the film it all worked for me what, what, is, the, what is the message because I've, I've heard I've seen you know coming out of it post election yeah this is uh, this is like a good piece of art a unifying uh, film and I all I hear when I'm reading this is like well uh, the progressives and liberals are going to lose another election in four years if this is what we're <laughs> we're resounding with great joy that 
we got uh, this to me hopelessly naive take on international politics. I the cynic of me really loved that to chase those Chinese dollars, uh, we get the this Chinese general, this uh, change of heart uh, from a woman of all things, uh, using another woman uh, when that is a nation that. Uh, rounds up people handing out leaflets about domestic violence yeah. and just imprisons them. And it's just for Chinese dollars at the box office. So, yeah, I don't buy into their bullshit, and I think it's kind of dangerous. Like, I want Abbott and Costello, uh, the two you know cute aliens here, to pull a Mookie and throw something through that fucking window <laughs> that separates aliens and humanity. Like get with it or get gone. Basically, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into it in the slightest, and I, I find it kind of condescending. Actually, like I was, I was offended by this film in a way. Like, and and it could have been the time I'm watching it too, because a lot of people. Responded yeah, that's that's what I was just going to ask. Way. That's what I was just going to ask. I wonder if you would have felt this movie is that naive if the election goes the opposite way. You know, because yeah, I, 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 mean, get... I think it would have just been boring. It probably just been like, ah, that's Jesus, not entertaining. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm kind of stunned, actually, because I was totally entertained for the entire runtime. Like, it is – I mean, it is like – it's definitely big idea science fiction, which I think there is a lack of. Like, you did mention a couple other movies that kind of fit into that uh, recently. Within, like, the last three years. <laughs> yeah. But there's – I, I would say over the years, there are many more – Independence Days than there are Interstellars and Arrivals because they're simpler and they don't more, take any thought. Independence Day is far more realistic than Arrival. I just want to point that out. Which is like, tragic. The, yes. thing <laughs> the thing that's going to unite the planet is when they face extinction and death. That's when it's like, you know what? Uh, I think we're going to stop uh, imprisoning Pussy Riot over here uh, in <laughs> Russia. And you know what? We're going to join up with uh, Bill Pullman because uh, we're all going to die. I, uh, yeah, I don't... Uh, I, I didn't buy into. It. Also, like you know, I think it has that sort of that the same thing with Interstellar. It has that. Uh, well, I guess we're gonna get. Can we get into spoilers? I don't know how to talk about this movie without spoilers because there's not a whole lot that, that that really. You can't talk about the beginning without talking about the end. Really, I yeah, guess, without, that's really you know, true. So, um, so I guess like before we move into spoilers, I really liked it. Mike really hated it. Mike's uh, a jaded Democrat, and he just he just can't handle what's happening right now, which I totally get and I totally understand, but. Um, but I think, uh, what do you think as far as like from the perspective of, is it a well-made movie? Is it a good looking movie? Can you see the money on the screen? Is it well-directed? Does it hit? No, No, not really. Really? No, I don't think so. I mean, I didn't think, I mean, I don't think it's like bad in any way. Like it was, I wasn't looking at this and saying this is like poorly executed or, uh, you know, the spaceship isn't interesting, but I also think it's, you know, it's, it's. I would say no. I don't see the money on the screen, really. I, I think it's you're talking about like a, a more thoughtful kind of approach to sci-fi, and I I disagree with the thought. I don't think it's incredibly thoughtful, but I think that it's not trying to be Independence Day in the sense that they don't really force in uh, CGI shots when they're unnecessary. Like everything right. that's about the effects is relevant to the story, so I, I appreciate that. They don't, you know, there's not, there's <laughs> there's small spoiler alert, uh, one explosion, and I was like, okay, that's pretty tame right. for an alien uh, invasion movie, I guess, if you will, but <laughs> right. uh, no, I thought, uh, I, I think what I really hated the most was Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. Like, I... Really? I, uh, wow. I think I think they are incredibly, especially Renner, is uh, basically uh, just uh, a penis 
I mean, that's that is his. <laughs> that is what he's there for to be sperm. And I I thought he's incredibly thinly drawn. I thought Amy Adams uh, was not. I don't think this was a very well thought out, fully rounded character. There's a there's supposed to be this introduction of. Uh, different sort of ways to approach uh, a culture and society. There's like one small little thing like where they kind of like meet cute, disagree on what is the, the unifying force of uh, various uh, cultures and races and all that. And that's, that's about it. But you know, a lot of that stuff is explored. God help me in a much more thorough way and like lost the television series that, and those approaches to have to like problem solve when you're coming at it from, a you know faith perspective or science and i also think uh before we get into spoilers this is an m night Shyamalan movie with critical praise i think if m night puts this movie out this film is laughed at uh for its sort of ridiculous uh naivete i think this is signs without the baseball bat and that's not a signs i want to watch <laughs> jesus all right uh i just like to say i disagree with everything mike just said uh, i loved every moment of this movie and i i liked the characterization of both jeremy renner and amy adams this is like a first i think this is the, the first time the sperm i mean this just coming across that you hate dick that's just really what all this is about <laughs> i don't is hate dick fine. i just think there's a little there's a little pillow talk that goes with dick that's all i'm asking for here and <laughs> You it's need like to be like there. eased into it. Is that okay? Fair yeah, enough. Jesus, where's 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 the romance? Where's the, the courtship? My God. <laughs> so I think it's interesting because we're looking at this movie. I think we got a lot of the same things out of it. I find it really hopeful, and you find it really naive in its hopefulness. Is what I'm hearing. <laughs> so it's like that yeah, message. No good. That message comes across, and it is good. All right, we're gonna go to spoilers. Spoilers. What? Read ahead, spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler? That's classified. That's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. It's like offering me a social media <laughs> hug. What the fuck am I going to do with that? What, what, what good does that do me? What practical sense? Like, that's, that's nothing. Like, you can... Well, I was about to say you can PayPal me, but they contributed to the Trump campaign. So, yeah, so, so Venmo, is that... That's the next... I don't know. I have to look into it or something. There's, I'm sure, you know, what, what we do in these times of crisis is we go to porn because they're usually on the forefront of it's true. Uh, progressive technologies. So I'm sure there's an alternative to PayPal that uh, the porn industry has provided us. I'll get back to your listeners if they feel like <laughs> offering me a donation and not hugs. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so uh, before we <coughs> really jump in here, uh, I have a surprise for you that will probably piss you off. Uh, I don't know. Oh, God. Because we have a, uh, a question from our good buddy Hiro from True Bromance that he wanted us oh, to Christ. talk about. And I have no idea what it is. I'm just going to play it right now. What's up, fellas? Hyro here from the uh, best podcast on the internet. Um, definitely Ugh. better than your podcast, but whatever. That's besides the point. So I got a quick question for you guys. Uh, I'm a little torn about Arrival. Um, I, I love the film, and I was I was really moved by it, but um, I'm questioning why I was moved by this film. So um, as you guys know, I'm a father to a young daughter, and, uh, and this movie does a really good job of uh, pulling at those heartstrings by using that daughter, you know, the, the, using the, 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 the young child in the film. Is the movie doing a good job of building suspense and asking interesting things as I thought it did? Or it does my, is my personal experience clouding my judgment and, uh, and giving this film a pass? Um, 
is this movie does this movie belong in in the top of 2016 films so interested to hear what you guys think uh not really but uh, i figured i'd just ask so all right fellas take care <laughs> so i think i could just i think we already answered that question uh i, I, see, I didn't hear it. i didn't hear it so i was oh, like, that doesn't come we ad lib it. i'm like i was like jesus this is a long fucking question i'm like just <laughs> so if i don't answer it appropriately hyro all right uh, it's so because dave didn't translate so, it so well let me for me. let me translate it from hyro to you basically he loved the movie uh, and, but he, that means also, you're on the wrong side of this, Dave. <laughs> See, I, this is what I'm saying. Uh, so he said, you know, he's the, the parent of a young child and he feels that they use the child to great effect in this movie and it's very moving, but does this movie, is it more than that? Does it belong at the top of 2016? Uh, so, <laughs> so I think we answered that question, uh, yes and no, uh, in the earlier section that I do think so. And Mike doesn't. So there you go. Uh, so what did you want to talk about? Spoilers? You said we were kind of like, you know, you can't talk about the beginning without the end. So go ahead. Well, this this is Looper without the fun, right? Like we're not seeing anyone make uh, at least Amy Adams. We're, we're seeing part, part of my problem with, I guess, her characterization, which I know this, uh, you know, there's a lot of flack for Sicario. Uh, your, you know, our fan question there. Hiro really hated the uh, characterization of Emily Blunt, uh, found her to be a also a naive character. I, guess. I think like, the stupid. term, Mike, the term was dumb, dumb. <laughs> well, that's fair. I mean, She's I think that, you know, that encapsulates everything. I don't know if it applies necessarily to uh, Amy Adams here, because I think she acquits herself professionally. Uh, yeah. I also thought Emily Blunt did as well. But the problem I have with her is that I don't think she is when you're, when you're going to have this time as a flat circle, true detective nonsense, uh, where she's like, you know, living every moment because that is the weapon, their, their language, which I do find interesting. That is a positive. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that concept of language where it's like, it's this like loop around thing where like every, like they know every ending to their sentence. Then it's just like, I, I found that fascinating. And then that's yeah. kind of discarded for this like quasi time travel element to the film that kind of wraps everything up. She doesn't, she doesn't really do anything. Thing. That's like she's not really an active participant, I guess, because of that being the, the twist there. She's kind of standing with her mouth open, <laughs> agape, like, oh, my God, this <laughs> Chinese general that wants to blow shit up is telling me about his wife. And it's like, remember, you called me on the phone. Here's that phone number. And I, I was just like, oh, this is just not dramatically satisfying for her to be the the one sane voice. And she is, she's the one sane voice in the film, like in a very stupid fashion, like the military <laughs> military brings her, not that she's stupid, but the military brings her in. And then there's immediately like, well, what the aliens say, what do you mean? You don't know. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what, <laughs> but, but job interview, but let's this? be honest. Like, would that, would that be surprising? Like, I think, no, no, I don't, I don't buy into that. I think that they would, they would be so afraid. I think they would be like, please, Amy Adams, pick me up and cradle me and tell me it's going to be okay. Please, whatever you need, we're going to pay you and get you there. And the fact that, like, every time she has, like, one, you know, in the film, it's like a 60-second meeting. And then they come back and they're like, well, I mean, did you find out, you know, what, what type of takeout he likes? Or you know, Well, what, they want what, answers, what? Mike. Like, this could be the end of the world. Like, of course, they're demanding at every turn. I mean, I think, I, yeah, but I don't think that it's like for a film that is about, uh, you know, communication and it very, very much puts the Americans as like the, the, the ones that are like, 
operating out of fear because of what, uh, in this case, China and Russia are doing. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's trying to say that they're we're a little bit better in a way, but there's nothing that they uh, all they are is they're. <laughs> I guess you know and this is probably why Trump's president. It's people saying that these guys just can't make decisions. They just can't do their job either. way. they don't like. I would rather have them saying, you know what, if you don't have an answer in a week, we're gonna blow this thing out of the sky. But instead, it's like they're just lecturing her about this language, and it's like it's a totally foreign race and species we're talking about here. And that was the stuff I was interested in. I really liked that. But it, yeah, I mean, it that's actually like the film has to the film has to wrap up too quickly and heighten the tension, heighten the stakes to kind of Independence Day territory. But it's not an action movie, so I right. I didn't really like that the the uh, process was expedited so much like i actually wanted to see more about like that scene where she breaks down a sentence is fascinating to me right like seeing how the you know sausages are made but i i feel like the film loses interest in it to kind of jump ahead to an interstellar like message where you got matthew mcgonaghy in the bookshelf like you know getting to hang out with this kid again trying to send a message across time and space and i i'm yeah i'm one of those people that felt like it doesn't really earn that emotional like arc in a way like I, I just you can't just to Hiro's question you can't just bring in a dead kid and then me feel something because I that is like the worst type of manipulation and it's like the movies that like me and Earl and the Dying Girl that use this like you know movie cancer okay, in a way to get on. you to feel something it's not is it any different it's just yes. a dead kid that yes, kid, that kid has has what two lines and it's like hey look the kid's bald now the kid's dying it's I, I don't know I just felt like yeah but oh, the kid on. comes up later over and over again the kid is like the impetus for everything <laughs> that's happening and I thought I thought as far as like the twist in the movie where it ends up the kids in the future and not in the past I thought that was really well written through in the film like there's one there's only we have to go back Kate we have to go back <laughs> shut up it's, lost. No, it's not <laughs> we've uh, seen it before because there's one line oh you now you sound like Hyro we've all seen this before who cares um but well, there is one line have, where every she, year. <laughs> Where she goes, like she has one of these memories, you think at the moment, and she says, who is that girl? Like she has no idea who the kid is. And like looking back on the movie, I was like, oh, yeah. And it was like just a little throwaway line that I didn't really notice, but I found it odd because she's like coming out of out of this dream. But I thought that all was really handled really well. And I think really the message of the film beyond the kind of like, let's all work together, kumbaya, all these nations, which was like definitely um, like it worked for me, but I could see how it wouldn't work for other viewers. Like I totally get that. But for me, it's like the hopeful message is her choice at the end is to have a child despite the fact that she knows how it's going to end and how bad things are going to be. I think that's that's an important choice. And she's like, you know, she's choosing life. She's she's choosing not to give up despite the fact that she knows that it's going to end very poorly for this child and for her and for her, her marriage. Do you know my counter to that? I that's shudder. Every... I shudder to think. <laughs> that is every single parent's decision that is the choice they make they bring a child into this world and this is a spoiler alert uh all those kids will die everyone dies Mike, there's a difference there's a difference (laughs) between everyone dying and dying at 80 and like dying at like what was she like 13 14 maybe 16 years old when she died like she was a kid there's a big difference between losing a child before their time and your child outliving you and someday dying like come on but you know what there's not a difference to her though is there with that weapon, with her now ability to experience time in that fashion, that's not really that big 
of a difference. But she's still going to feel the emotion of that loss. Like, yeah, she could go back to it. She go back and forward because time is not linear in, in what they're <laughs> introducing. But it doesn't mean you still don't feel pain when your Change child is in pain. Amy Adams. Oh, go back. Mike. Go back a little bit. Mike, you're heartless. Well, okay, no, I really. I, I feel you like should have moved to New this York. Year's... This is just like East Coast cynicism coming through. <laughs> I, I come by honestly. I, I hope. I, I hope. Like I hope that. never again. I get shit online for being mean or being cynical after this episode. Because this I is am not the one... me being mean or cynical. This is just me. It is such a condescendingly simple message. It's it's this year's Inside Out, which is a film I enjoyed when I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, everybody does have feelings, but this uh... groundswell of support where it was like. This is a movie about feelings for the first time. That's every fucking movie. Every movie has human interaction and people that fall in and out of love. And I'm not falling into this trap of talking shit about Pixar movies again. I'm not doing it. I'm not going there. I mean, they're, you know, I don't know if you want to. I guess Pixar is it is a hope at the time was a flat circle when they were good a decade ago. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Arrival, I, I don't I, and I don't find it entertaining either. I, I find it. Uh, manipulative, like unlike Interstellar, I don't see any sort of relationship between the shot. I think it would be uh, a bit bolder and maybe a little bit more satisfying, I guess, for me if instead of just using it as an M. Night Shyamalan twist, where it's like in the last, you know, I don't know, three minutes, it's like, oh, that's how they all connect. And it's Jeremy Renner. Oh, yeah, the penis, the only penis that she interacts with, like that one. Yeah, of course, that's obviously the father. That's him, and they, for some reason, try to cloak that until, like, the last minute of the film. Have, like, this girl, like, can we not jump forward with her and show her having genuine moments with her with her kid? Like, I don't, like, it's like the audience, like me and Earl and Dying Girl, is let off the hook in a way, to me. But aren't we, it, but don't it, we get that in the very beginning of the film? Like, that whole introduction, that very kind no, of, yeah, no. See, that none of that affected you. But, <laughs> Does that child, is there, like, how much screen time do you guess that she has? Uh, a couple minutes. Not long. <laughs> no. But it still works for me. It, I still <laughs> develop, like, feelings for this relationship just in that opening. I, I don't know why, other than <laughs> dead kids are sad. I don't know anything about this person. I don't, I mean, I see that it affects Amy Adams and she, you know lives her life very, very much alone with the, the sparse modernistic furniture and her office where she just sits alone and doesn't interact with her students. They even look up to me, that's just kind of ham fisted. And I don't think it's particularly well drawn. I think that if you, if this is truly going to be like the human sci-fi story, like, uh, you know, gravity is someone off the hook. Cause it, it is still an action movie. Like it's just mm-hmm. a thriller about just getting, surviving, getting back home. I think you, you have to have genuine human interaction. I don't think this is that's in the film. Like, I guess the closest they attempt to have it is with the Chinese general. And Amy Adams is just uh, a, a spectator in that scene. Like, she doesn't really get to interact with another human in this movie. Even even the father of this child, even this fallout they have about this decision. Everything happens off screen. Everything is just in this, like, montage. And that's just not it's not enough for me. I don't. Mm. I don't get it. I don't get the emotional outpouring for the film. So before we finish up, let's focus on something you liked. And I think this is the one thing we will agree on (laughs) in this 20 or 30 minutes is that I love the fact that for once uh, we have aliens that aren't necessarily evil and aren't 
bipedal. Like they don't look like us in any way. They and they don't talk like us. They don't write like us. And we ha- and as as the character Amy Adams, she has to figure out what's going on here and that kind of detective work that goes on. I think that stuff all really works. And I think that's one thing I agree with you on the most is I wish those sequences actually lasted longer. Like I loved all those sequences in the, you know, essentially what amounts to a giant fish tank, you know, where they're talking with Abbott and Costello. I think that stuff all really works. Yeah. And then they just, they kind of skip ahead and they're like, Hey, just jump in, just jump in the pool and you'll, you'll have it. You know, you just have it. It's like the, was it the Hitchhiker's Guide? The, is it the Babblefish? They would yes. they would put in their ears. That's that's what happens. I'm like, oh, so now we don't even get to see we don't get to see the Goodwill Hunting shit anymore, which I like. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just you know, I don't. I mean, I actually didn't know. I knew this film had been received well, like kind of in the. I think it played at the uh, New York Film Festival, uh, but I you know I checked into it I guess Thursday night for the seven o'clock showing, and I came out and uh, one of the best of the best and worst of the best guys had uh, said, Oh, it's got a hundred percent of rotten tomatoes. You know, uh, let me know what you think. And I was like, really? Jesus. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I truly think this is like the inside out of this year where I'm just like, ah, it's just kind of, kind of hokey shit. I hope we can get to, <laughs> let's get to some, let's get to Manchester by the sea. By God, let's get to something. I'm going to like make it my effort to hate Manchester by the sea, just to get back at you for this. <laughs> well, it's just Kenneth Lonergan. So, you know, it's, it's going to be great. And he, he would, I, I would love to hear, I would love to watch a rival with him and just hear his grumbles. Cause I just can't, well, he I cannot grumbles see him about a lot. With these. So <laughs> oh, I, he's a very smart man. Very smart. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what's coming up on War Machine uh, versus Warhorse? If they want, to hey, hear, we're doing an episode. If on you want to hear more East Coast cynicism, <laughs> <laughs> what should they tune into? Yeah, um, yeah, we're doing an episode on Arrival. Um, I guess, and this was—I I watched these movies before I saw this thing, so it's not just me honing in on the one device that I liked, but it is about uh, communication and language barriers, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, we're doing Lost in Translation versus Inglorious Bastards. So uh, no Jesus. aliens, thank God. I did not go that direction. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, that's what we're doing. You can find me at War Machine Horse if you want to tweet your arrival fandom. You could, you know, you can send me like you know your sketches you're drawing, or you should just your... send that to me so it won't be hated on. Just yeah, send that to yeah. PCK Study. <laughs> uh, tell me how the next four years are going to be great because we all. Arrival taught us how to be better to each other. Okay, we're not going bullshit. that far. No, <laughs> I, I did. It does interest me, like how different this would feel if if Trump had not been elected. Like because it does. I, I did have moments where I did think like like okay, this feels a little naive because it's not that easy. Obviously, we can't even not be bigots in our own country, let alone work with twelve or thirteen other superpowers <laughs> at right. a moment's notice. But yeah, for me, I just think it just would have been a kind of boring movie. Like, I, I don't know uh, if I would have I would have been that headspace. I mean, it's not like I would have been ecstatic about, you know, Hillary being elected either. I wouldn't think suddenly the the world is all, you know, Pixar sunshine. But uh, <laughs> that seems to be the way people are interacting with this film. And, you know, good for you. I guess it's, you know. It's this week's version of cat videos to get oh, you through geez, this misery, Christ. this All existence right. of I'm hell. I'm done with you. Shut up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we're going to put take... that on the poster. <laughs> Arrival. Most expensive cat video ever. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Uh, so this movie's great. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back with Fangirl Fixation. <laughs> 
Most people know Stanley Kubrick as one of the greatest filmmakers of our time. But did you know that later in his career, he was so embarrassed by his first and lowest rated film, Fear and Desire, that he tried to stop it from being seen by the public? Hi, I'm Nate Jones. And I'm Austin Gold. And together we co-host the Best and Worst of the Best podcast, a show where we pit a great director's highest and lowest rated films on IMDb against each other to see what exactly went right and what went oh oh so wrong. wrong. We've already covered directors like Stanley Kubrick, the Coen brothers, Quentin Tarantino, Steven Spielberg, and many more. Check us out at bwbpod.com and let us know what great director you think had the biggest blunder. Okay, so we're back and it's time for Fangirl Fixation with Britt. Say hello, Britt. No. All right, good times. Uh, Anything you want to talk about other than the three movies we have coming up this week? You want to give your two-sentence review of Arrival? I don't know if I can keep it down to two sentences. That's a little rude, but well, fine, whatever. Don't uh, don't spoil anything. Mike, Mike gets to talk however long he wants about it, but I get two sentences. That's fine. That's whatever. Right. That's right. Do you want make him things anymore? <laughs> he doesn't know you've made him anything. Well, now he does. <laughs> I hope you feel guilty. He won't listen. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you think of Arrival? I liked it. I think it was a sci-fi movie that finally needed to get done. Okay. Um, yeah. Because we like we've talked about aliens in the past and how like there's she's a very like strong female character, but they're still giving her male attributes. Right. And I think um, this movie showed that a woman could be strong and still have female attributes. Yeah. And that it's not solely about what you can do physically. So what you're saying is only women can be intelligent. And think outside the box. Is that where I'm not arguing that fact. I'm by not the way. saying that. I'm just saying that's not something <laughs> but it's that gets stereotypically feminine, right? It, sure. Well, and that that doesn't get like enough light. Yeah, yeah. In movies, I agree. You know, like, um, or if it there's a really smart female, she's kind of she also has to be like incredibly hot. Not to say that Amy Adams isn't, but hot, they don't play but, that up. Right, and, and her hair is like tied back the whole movie. Not a lot of makeup. Yeah, like, she yeah. looks. She looks like how every other woman would actually look like in real life. Right, especially in that situation, and especially when she's crying, she's red and blotchy, which I appreciate. Yes. So, do you think this is a movie that like you would recommend to anybody, or is there like a certain like niche audience for it? Like I've heard people, I've heard reviewers call it like a little bit cold and distant, and it's very intellectual. So do you feel like this is? Something... I don't think it's cold and distant at all. I don't either. And I but... and I can't I can't say that without spoiling things. Like right. I can't explain my stance on that. Agreed. But um, I I think the bros should probably stay away from it unless they want to be woke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely a thinking person science fiction movie. I I think that if you already have a bias against women, don't watch this. Okay. Because they're just going to find ways to hate on it. And okay. then I'm going to have to get on Twitter, which I don't like doing. And then I'm going to have to like start yelling at people because, because I think that's what's going to happen is they'll, they'll spin it to where it's not a partnership anymore, hmm. but like, and her, she'll get downplayed or like there'll be a whole bunch of hate speech about her. And like, I don't, I don't want to hear that hmm. because, because like, she's not a Ripley character that's kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. Like, maybe again, I just have too much faith, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's, but I do think this is a movie that I, I find myself wishing it was for everyone, especially some of the messages this movie espouses. We really need it right no, now. No, yeah. But it's like, it's sometimes, sometimes when you get to this level of like he's, the director I think is straddling this line between a genre film and a and an art film. 
Right. And not everyone's going to react well to art films. People will, like tune out. But yeah, I would. Yeah, I think anybody who is confused by like um, Interstellar. No, well, Interstellar is one of them. The other I one. Why is my brain dying? Your favorite one that you always check our sound systems with. Inception. Yes. So, like, if you if you have a hard time with those movies, this is not going to be the movie for you. Sure. Okay. Because there's a sense. lot of bouncing around. But you'd recommend it generally. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So, as we mentioned, there are three movies this week. Uh, the first of them is Bleed for This, which is based on the true story of champion boxer Vinny Pazienza, uh, who has a near fatal car crash. And they basically tell him, we don't know if you'll ever walk again, let alone come back and fight. And it's about his journey to get back in the ring. So, what did you think of this trailer? I just love that we always have to talk about boxing movies. People you, love it, man. You know I have issues with boxing movies. Um, I don't know how I feel about this one. Mostly with living with a chronic issue, like I kind of identify with it, but then I don't at the same time because I'm watching the, the trailer and just be like, man, you're fucking stupid. To get back in the ring, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, I mean, because in the trailer, like, they show him in a full neck brace. So you're and, like, like Adrian in the Rocky. Yeah, so for this movie, I'm actually really torn. Like, you know me. I love boxing movies. I was raised on the Rocky movies. I loved Creed, which you fell asleep during in the climax of the movie you're last year. let that go. No, never. Never. Because you keep... Actually, this time I brought it up, but every other time you've brought it up. So I'm just beating you to the punch. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, See what I did there? Yeah. So, uh, but this movie, for some reason, I don't know, it, it just is not grabbing me like i saw the trailer and i really like i really like the lead actor i think the story's interesting but there's something about it that just i'm like i get this meh kind of reaction to it you know and i don't know why what about you well i think it's because the trailer doesn't really give you the like he's fighting for something it's more of like this tantrum being thrown mm, like i'm meant to do this so no matter what, no matter like, what it costs. Like this, this is what I wanted. This is what I always meant to do. I'm like, I'm not going to listen to my doctors or care about like <laughs> what any of my family thinks. Who that doctors it's gonna know? Kill me. <laughs> I belong in the ring. When right, like, it, I don't know. Like I can't get behind him in that trailer. Like you I feel, feel like, like he's just a very selfish person in that instance. Like the the I mean, they have like even in the trailer they have this moment between him and some other character i assume his father or something who's like begging him not to do it because it could kill him and this guy's just like whatever i do what i want right so you don't find i just i think what they're going i don't think they get here at least in the trailer what they're going for is this idea of like like you mentioned i was meant to do this this is what i was born to do this is my passion so i'm going to do it even if it puts my life at risk so that doesn't that doesn't that sway comes, you at all? I don't think that comes across in the trailer, though. Mm. I think it just comes across as somebody that is not willing to work with what he has. Mm. So you think there's more honor in kind of, like, accepting what limitations life has given you and kind of starting somewhere new rather than pushing so hard that you might injure yourself or kill yourself, in this case, in the ring? Right. Well, I mean, how selfish is that? Yeah, he's, I mean, you stop caring not, about everyone else in your life. He's not thinking about anybody else in his life. It's just all about him, which, to an extent, you should be doing what you're passionate about. But at the risk of your life, and when people you love and care about are begging you not to, mm. that I think that's why I can't get behind it. Because sure. it's just like, it's not something I can connect with. Yeah, I think one of the reasons I can't get behind it is it feels like such a solitary story. Like, yeah, he's going to have his family there. He's going to have his trainer. I'm sure there'll be some moments there. But it doesn't it doesn't grab me because I think 
I think what makes movies like boxing movies like Rocky and Creed stand apart are the relationships, right? Like whether you're talking about, uh, you know, the fighter and his manager or the fighter and his girlfriend or the fighter and his father or lack of a father, fighter and his mother. Like that's what keeps you there because honestly, most boxing movies like the fight choreography is pretty minimal and pretty crappy. Like I think Creed was actually an exception to that. I think the fight choreography was really, really good. But most of the time, like the fight sequences are not what is not going to be what carries the movie it's going to be the relationships and i just don't see those at least in this you know 90 second trailer i don't see those relationships here yeah plus there's that really gross part with the screws oh yeah with the kind of blood and goo as it's coming out yeah it's pretty gross i mean part of me is like it's uh, it's kind of cool that they went for realism there because that is kind of what would happen but i don't really need to see that in a trailer i don't know they like (laughs) it also seems like it's such a big deal for him to have this thing on and then in the trailer it was so easy for him to just like take it off and start training yeah it feels like i mean i'm sure in the movie that won't be how it is but it it's an odd choice like the whole thing is supposed to be about his struggle but they in the trailer they made it look like not a struggle. Like, you like and then what? I took I the halo off, off so... so I'm gonna take it off. Yeah. I'm good. Sorry guys. Yeah. So uh, definitely low on my list as far as like boxing movies go. As far as things I'd be excited for. But I don't know. Maybe I've just had enough of that genre. Maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm just. There's spent. only so many times you can watch somebody get beat in the face. No, I don't know. If that's true. That depends sounds like fun. It does depend mm-hmm. on the person. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, so the second movie is the huge release of this weekend, which is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Um, and who's, who's in this stupid movie? Um, let's see. It's not. I don't know if it's a stupid movie. Uh, of course, starring Eddie Redmayne, uh, my Dave's favorite. just bitter because we already did this and he lost the reaction that he wanted. So Well, you're going to have to give me a new reaction. Nope. Uh, but one thing you mentioned before is... Uh, the only role I've truly loved, truly loved Eddie Redmayne in. Jupiter Ascending. It's Jupiter Ascending. Dave's all about that, whatever that voice is. It's not even an accent. I don't know what's happening there. It is there. definitely not. No one's ever sounded like that. It's in like the history somewhere of voices. between, like, sex phone operator. If they're really angry at you. <laughs> Just screaming. No, but, but, no, 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 no. The screaming was for, like... Like with the lizard men thing, but like he had like that very like it was very raspy, yeah, yeah. low thing. Like he slow spent, talking. Spent last night drinking and smoking, and just woke <laughs> up and somebody called him. Yeah, I mean it's that, and again, not a good performance. I'm just not an Eddie Redmayne fan. Like I don't think he's ever been terrible, and I don't think he's ever been great. He's just this like to me this like very middle of the road actor who, for whatever reason, like people decided like he's great and needs Oscars and Oscar type roles, and now he's in these gigantic films like a like a J.K. Rowling movie. His lips freak me out. What about his lips freak you out? I don't know. They don't look right. They're too thin, like a little bird. It's just too, weird. It's just weird. I don't like okay. It. Uh, but the big news, I guess, that came out this last week is that uh, Johnny Depp uh, is going to be in this movie. Um, so that's awful um, for a number of reasons. I'm still not commenting on this now. Yeah, because, uh, you know, apparently if you beat the shit out of your wife, uh, your career is still pretty good. And you're in one of the biggest movies of the summer. Not summer. One of the biggest movies of the year. So. I just, I, yeah, like, I, no, I'm never going to be over not, er, I'm never going to be over being angry about this because... JK is very, very active on Twitter about being an activist. Right. And I know she has a hand in casting, at least for signing it off. Right. And I don't know how she's supporting this, like, at all. It's It's really upsetting to me because 
it makes it hard to want to support her or anything she does if she's going to say it's one thing. Yeah. She's going to say one thing in social media, but then in her movie, she's going to sign off on a wife beater. Yeah, like, and especially because like. In the last 10 years or so, Johnny Depp has been bad and has been losing money on movies. He's not a good actor. You're not bringing he's people being, in. He's, there's there's undeniable evidence that he hit his wife. Right. And she did everything she was supposed to regard that. Right. And she took pictures. She reported it as video references of people who saw it, like all this stuff. And still nothing happens because he's a powerful man in Hollywood. Disgusting. Uh, and now he's getting gigantic roles in these hundred million dollar movies. And he doesn't deserve movies. to be in that role anyways. Especially yeah, if that's going to be yeah. a role that gets possibly extended to other movies. Like, yeah. I don't see him being in that role. It doesn't feel right. Especially considering the amazing actors that were Albus Dumbledore. And obviously, right. that is a very integral character to who Albus is and becomes. And who he becomes, yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah, um, the only thing good about this movie to me is Colin Farrell, because I love Colin Farrell, and I'm happy to see him in a big, big movie. Um, He's had this really, really interesting career where he started out kind of really hot and getting, like, these big roles, and then kind of disappeared for a while, and then came back and did The Lobster this year, and then I think was in, yeah, I think he was in the second season of True Detective, so he's doing, like, weird, yeah, we we didn't watch it. Okay, I was like, did we even watch that? Yeah. So he's doing, like, weird, interesting stuff. So it's very odd for him to now come back for this, like, gigantic budget movie. Like, kind of out of nowhere I for don't, his career. I don't know what to do with him in this role. Because currently, all of, like, his facial expressions in the trailer just make me think of him being bullseye. Yeah. And that yeah. freaks me out a little bit. Um, hmm. Interesting. I, it's been so long since I've even, seen him as bullseye. I don't bullseye. remember what he sounds like at this point. Well, he sounds different in every movie. So Wait, it's kind of hard. Kind of, chameleon. Yes. Uh, so it's kind of hard to place. Uh, but one thing you mentioned in our prior recording is that uh, the one really cool thing about this movie is that the technology has finally gotten to this point where you could actually create these creatures uh, not and even have some just fun a, with Not them. even just the creatures, but the the magic. Like when they're showing they, – there's a cut with Colin first where they show him casting a spell. And even that looks really amazing, like mm-hmm. what was coming out of the wand – yeah, but that's true. Yeah, you like what's what coming said. out of the wand. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so I'm uh, way less excited about this than I thought I would be. Like, I remember when it first got announced, I was like, "Cool, another Harry Potter thing." But now I find out they're making like a new trilogy out of this. Out of I this, don't like, not a book that's gonna come from either. But that's fine, whatever. Yeah. And now with the Johnny Depp thing, I don't even know if I want to support it at all. I mean. Right. It, I probably will still be seeing it, obviously, but it makes me not want to. All right, it makes you a little dirty. Yeah, going and putting your money. They, I want to. I want to support that fandom because it's been with me for so long. But right. at the same time, not if it's going to support actors who shouldn't be working. In right. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. All right, uh, so the last movie and the movie we're covering is Edge of Seventeen, uh, which stars Hailey Steinfeld and Woody Harrelson. Uh, and I remember when I first kind of just saw the title and saw the poster of this movie, I was like, oh, God, no thanks. Like, another teen Even drama. Even Woody Harrelson, you were like, mm. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, his name is on the poster, but it's literally like, 
you know, uh, it's just her with her hands up to the air and it says Edge of Seventeen, like, won't high school ever end, or some nonsense. Says you know? the man who loves Ten Things I Hate About You. Ten Things I Hate About You is great and it's, it's Shakespeare, goddammit, so you do not, <laughs> nobody gets to shit on Ten Things I Hate About You on my show. Um, but yeah, so it just didn't feel like much. But then we saw the trailer together. I don't remember what movie, I mean, this is this trailer's been out for a while. No, yeah, I don't remember what it was either, but some we independent were literally film. laughing out loud at it. Yeah, I mean, any, I think we both like it because it's fucking dark. Like, let's be real. The dark humor always gets me. I mean, it, yeah. like, it you opens, have run on sentences in your suicide. In note. your suicide note, yeah, it opens with uh, you know her telling her teacher that she's suicidal, and her teacher Woody Harrelson, like you mentioned before, playing himself, just oh, being yeah. like so fucking annoyed, like not like concerned really, but he like takes a moment and looks at the note and then starts critiquing its grammar, and I'm like, that's. See, that's a good teacher. Everything's a teaching moment, even when you want to die. Hold on. Before you kill yourself. And then him countering it with his own. Right. Yeah. That's basically all about her bugging him. Yeah. And it's getting really good reviews. And I I like Hailey Stanfeld. Um, We're doing one of her movies this week. So it'll be interesting to see kind of the difference because, well, we're doing True Grit. And True Grit was her very first movie ever. So, and she seems so accomplished. When did that movie happen, Dave? Uh, that's a good question, Brett. Why don't you tell that story that you're referencing? So I know <laughs> no, you're just it was dying so to... much better. This is what I hate about when technology hates me. Um, because for whatever reason, Dave's laptop likes like to the third time kill our, our podcast. It's gold and they'll never hear it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so basically, Dave's like getting ready for this podcast and he was watching it and I fell asleep while he was watching it. And do. later, he, like, we're talking about it. He's like, did you ever like actually watch True Grit before? Yeah. And then I, okay, so I have to interrupt for a second because this is not a video podcast. Uh, and I said that, and she just looked at me <laughs> like I was small. <laughs> and stupid. <laughs> and, and stupid, slow. which is true. All these things are true. I am not a tall man, and I have stupidity for sure. And she just kind of glared at me, like waiting for me to recognize <laughs> how dumb I was being. And of course, it I did, did not. not. And it I just looked at her all. like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And my response to that is like, yeah, honey. I saw it with you in the theater opening day. <laughs> but just, for, Look, time just flies by with you. I had no idea we've been together for so long. Yeah, for whatever reason, <laughs> Dave can't like remember tell, tell, tell when we started times, being man. together and dating. I don't know. Yeah. Though he remembers our first date that wasn't official. Yep. For reasons that oh. shall never be aired on this podcast. <sighs> Fine. I'll never forget it. I know. One Good. of the best moments that's, of my life. That's how you're going to keep it there. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently my husband can't remember how long we've been no, together, which no is fine, fucking whatever. Yeah, Look, fine. it's just like like I said, time just flies by. You would think you would remember new... because there would be associations with movies, but... I never know no. what year things come just out. Like block me out. <laughs> I saw all those alone. <laughs> well, it's better than me assuming I saw something with you when I saw it with the person I was with before. That would be bad. Like, you, you mean... saw this movie with me, right? Ooh, awkward. <laughs> That would not be good. No. And see? See? Um, so, uh, are you excited about seeing this movie? Did I pick the right movie for this week? I am, but we'll see how things go with it. Maybe it'll actually make me laugh. Maybe it won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that you seem more excited about this than you do about Harry Potter. So, let me ask you, you this. You ruined it. That's why. Right. I ruined it because I cast Johnny Depp. 
I have powers. You told me. Uh, would you rather have gone in you and t- then been surprised you, you and held thrown popcorn on to at the it screen? And you waited. To, you waited to tell me on the podcast so you could get the reaction that you wanted from me, and then you I, lost it. So you put me through all the turmoil. I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> you told me afterwards. Maybe, no, that's not recorded. I was talking about. Uh, maybe I just forgot until this moment, and I was like, "Oh yeah." By the way. No. No? That's not what happened? Okay. So imagine this for a second. Imagine that never happened. No. Imagine Johnny Depp wasn't in this movie. I was like that before. Right. I was in blissful so ignorance. if that were true, would you be more excited about, um, whatever the fucking movie's called, <laughs> Something Beasts and How to Find Them, uh, whatever. Uh, would you be more excited about that than Edge of Seventeen if you didn't have that information? I think I'd actually still be even with them. Hmm. Okay. Cool. All right. Anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? You want to check to make sure it's recorded? It's, I'm looking at it right now. It's recording. <laughs> All right. So that's it for Fangirl Fixation this week. Um, next time you uh, hear my voice, we will be talking about True Grit, as I mentioned, to go with Edge of 17. So until then, I will be here diagnosing your favorites and judging you for what you want. I have a hurricane. Listen to yourself. Turn world to its own needs. Dummy, serve your own needs. Feed it up and not speak. Just hitting new lows, just calling from the side of a road somewhere. <laughs> that and I have forgot my earbuds, too. Like oh, nice. I had headphones in here, but they don't, you know, they're like the Chivo ones that don't have, like, a microphone attached to them. So, <laughs> yeah, I actually have to use my hands, too. That's why Jesus I have to pull Christ. over. <laughs> <laughs>